Hello, and welcome to this episode of Game on Girl, where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. Short episode six of Game on Girl, Rhonda and I are going to share our stories about some of our favorite avatars as a celebration of a new feature for the website. We're starting an avatar gallery where we will include some pictures of your avatars and short descriptions about them. Yay. Hey, yeah, that's going to be fun, I think. <laughs> Part of the fun about it is I'm, because I'm a very visual person and I communicate visually better than I do through words. And well, you're an artist, my, my dear. <laughs> That makes perfect sense. (laughs) Yeah. And so the images will tell me a lot more about a person and explain their story much quicker to me. So this will be very exciting for Game on Girl. I think it's going to be great. And we're thinking, you know, we, we have so many people that we talk to that have great attachments to their avatars and interest in the details of what they're wearing and how they pick out their faces and all different kinds of information that I, I think having those images up on the website is going to just give us another another point of discussion. It's going to allow us to continue the discussions that we have on the podcasts in, a, like you said, a visual way so we can actually see how people are representing themselves. And so Rhonda and I are going to have some of our avatars up there as well so you can see some of our representations. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, and at the end of the short, we're going to tell you how you can submit your images and get your images posted on the gallery. But to start off with, Regina, why don't you tell us about a couple of your avatars? I guess the most recent would be with Diablo 3. Yeah, that would be the most the most current <laughs> avatar for me since it's a game I'm, I'm playing the most right now. Um, and my favorite, my favorite character is my monk, and um, her name is Shiva. Uh, which uh, I wrote up a brief description that we're going to have up on the site. But um, Shiva is a is a Hindi god um, and has five different qualities, which I can't remember off the top of my head, um, but is creator and destroyer sort of all at the same time. And I thought that was a fitting sort of description for for the monk in, in terms of, you know, melee and, and magic all together. So, and she's wearing right now... <laughs> She's sporting on her runway now. <laughs> uh, Leork's crown, which was the first uh, legendary piece that any of my friends and the people that I game with uh, saw drop. It was the first orange. I actually um, went absolutely silent when it dropped, and I was gaming with Mark from uh, Secret Geek Shame, episode five. And he's like, "What? What? What? What's wrong? What's wrong?" And I'm like, oh, "I got an orange." <laughs> Now, were you playing normal or nightmare? I was playing normal. <laughs> See, I never saw any orange in uh, normal. Yeah. It- you are a rare beast. I, I, yeah, and, and, and Mark and, and Ryan and a couple of other people that we've gamed with, um, you know, haven't, hadn't seen any at that point. It was just, and it wasn't even a, a boss fight or anything significant. It was just a mob hmm. as we were heading into um, the spider, uh, the female spider yeah. uh, boss. His name is totally escaping me. We were heading into that fight, and it was a, a mob right outside the door for, I think, the last level of that fight and it, it just, yeah seriously and and the fact that it's sort of a a very um infamous piece or one that i think uh was also in diablo 3 leoric's crown is is a classic so uh so she's wearing that crown and i have to admit she looks pretty spiffy with it on so 
Um, yeah, as would I. So if you ever want to trade it off. <laughs> yeah, if I ever want to hand it down. <laughs> I've been, uh, you know, uh, she's gone She's gone through now. I'm, I'm playing her on Nightmare. She's the furthest uh, character along I have right now. And um, I'm in Act 2, I think, and I still haven't had anything. I mean, she's 10 levels above what the level required for that piece, and it's still better than anything that I've come across. I took a small hit on DPS wearing it, but it increased my life so much that it really didn't hurt yeah. in the long run. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that last night when I was playing. I had some pieces on that were quite old, but they still were doing better than... Than a lot of what dropped, yeah. yeah. I finally... So, I got so desperate on her because I hadn't had a decent weapon drop for, I think, 10 levels. I finally went to the auction house and bought a new shield wow. and, um, and monk handpiece for her because I got so tired of waiting for something good to fall. And my DPS went up so much with that. It was really nice. I'm like, okay, I can do this now. <laughs> so now when Diablo 3 first came out, were, were you immediately attracted to the monk? Is that what you wanted to get started with? And, and what, what, for what reason? Why did you want that? Well, the monk is a different kind of class, and it's a different, you know, part, part of my evolution. So, so in the other um, avatars I thought I'd talk about today were um, Sunny Bee, who is my, my warlock in WoW. And I played in Dungeon Defenders a squire, which is the, um, the melee class fighter. And before the squire, I was not particularly comfortable playing melee. I, like, I d was not interested in getting in and fighting. I love the lock for that reason, because, you know, you can stand back behind everybody and, you know, and have a minion that goes out and does your bidding for you. So I really enjoyed sort of that mechanic. And the squire changed that for me. And the squire was part of why I was like, oh, let, let, me, let me see if I can try actually doing a a melee character in Diablo 3. So that was the, and the reason why I picked the monk is because it has some familiarity for me with the magic, but also melee. So there's sort of a combination of those two. And the monk also is the only class in D3 that heals. So <laughs> oh, oh, that was I think another, I realized that. Yeah, that was another motivation for, for having having that class because you can heal not just yourself, but your whole group, depending, oh, okay. of course, on how you spec out your character. But yeah. Well, the the characters that I ended up building in Diablo 3, I actually have a demon hunter and a barbarian. And a barbarian is the complete opposite of the spectrum of what I normally pick. Mm -hmm. And mostly that's because whenever I go in to fight with a group, I really like to have a balance in the group of mm -hmm. the powers that we're taking right. into it. And nobody was playing a barbarian. There was a wizard... A demon hunter, no, a monk, and I forget what the other one was. And I'm like, oh my goodness, we need, we really need a, <laughs> a tank somewhere in here. Right. But that's not my thing. Right. So I just, you know, I went ahead and gave it a try. And I'm really, really surprised. I think that I must be enjoying it more because since the very first time I tried to play a barbarian in Diablo 2, I have gained a lot. And I think that I've just improved my skills more, my understanding of game mechanics right. and gameplay more. And I really enjoy her. She's a she's a great character, and she does a really good job in in a fight. And mm -hmm. I think I I play her well. I think I play it now. I'm probably not the best tank in the world. Um, well, you know, as you're learning a new a new class, yeah. I think there you know there's always an upswing of sort of catching on to all that. And you know, I, I think there's a an underlying reason why I like her so much because I, before D3 came out, 
uh, of course, all of the classes were out on their website, and I sat down, and I kind of wrote a backstory for all of them. Oh, really? A little role-playing going on here. Yeah, and that was really different, but without having gameplay, it helped me identify with the character a little bit. I picked colors for them and uh, rankings for them in society and the store of all the stories i actually like the barbarian <laughs> story the best oh interesting yeah and so i'm wondering if that plays into my attraction to her and sometimes i even feel a little defensive for her because cat of uh, my friend normally plays a barbarian mm-hmm. and she just didn't she just always seem to have a negative response to the image of the barbarian mm-hmm. on the Diablo screen. I right. thought I thought the image was fantastic. I do too. Yeah, yeah. But the Barb is she's she's feisty. She has a great sense of humor, mm-hmm. and she's also the um, leader of her tribe. She's in the royal line, and she's just uh, she's just hysterical. I mean, she's she, in some ways she tries to be the opposite of what a normal bar- barbarian is perceived as. Mm-hmm. And she uses that to off-put people, especially enemies or um, people who contend for her throne. Yeah, so, and, so kind of unsettling them with, with how, she, how she's behaving. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and at the same time, I mean, she's, she's not easily unnerved. She's not easily angered. Uh, she, she's very, very competent in her abilities and her skills and has the the best intentions for her people you know very interesting it's um i i'm i also started um i rolled a a barbarian she's pretty low level i think she's under 15 at this point but um but i've been running around with her i love the graphics (laughs) yeah of her swing and the damage she can do and mark had handed me down because he has a higher level barbarian had handed me down a big old um um, it looks like a tree that she's wielding. <laughs> it's a big, you know, uh, uh, mace of some kind. I can't remember what it's called. But uh, so every time she swings it, like she's got this reach with, <laughs> with it. That yeah. I was running around in the spiders and, you know, just watching spider legs go flying. But I named mine um, Brienne, which is the uh, lady knight in Game of Thrones, the female knight. And your description that you you just gave is is very similar to to the personality uh, Brienne of Tarth has in Game of Thrones. So, if you want to okay. sort of see that you know played out in a show, you might have to check out uh, yeah. the second season when it, you know when it becomes available because it's pretty uh, pretty spectacular the way she way she behaves. Yeah, there was there was definitely role playing going on when when I was creating this. I actually think I spent almost a a whole day doing it because <laughs> for her, I would, I decided there are five characters and uh, one of my avatar names sometimes is Sabrosa or I use mm-hmm. roses and everything. And so R-O-S-E-S is five. Mm-hmm. So each of my characters have a name that begin with R-O-S-E-S. Mm-hmm. And for the Barb, I would look up traditional names and try to find something that was feminine enough but still go with a, a viking or barb type right. person so her name is orla nice. yeah and um the, uh, some of the others like the my demon hunter their family name is a, is supposed to be a mystery nobody's supposed to know who they are but they typically take their family name and scramble it and come up with a name that they go by in public mm. 
Interesting. So yeah, so that's how, that's how I did a lot a little, of them, uh, so. a little homage to Rump- Stillskin going on in there. <laughs> the name, the power of names. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about Sunny B. Uh, Sunny B. Well, you know, it's it's kind of funny because I've I've played her for so long. It, it, it was a long time ago. I made I made that avatar, um, and it was my return to WoW. And originally, Sunny B was going to be a priest before I knew much about um, gameplay and game style. And that's why she it's sort of like a, a little happy, positive name. Um, I had actually looked up the names of um, famous priestesses. Priestess, yeah. Pri- and, and I can't remember what the name was that I had sort of built Sunny Bee off of, but it was that. So, so that's what originally what she was going to be. And then leveling it at that time I didn't understand you didn't want to be sort of in your holy spec when you were trying to level a priest and so I didn't understand that and I was really frustrated with trying to level a priest and I had changed um, servers to play with um, actually one of the participants in dissertation research who had invited me to come play with her and so I decided I liked the name so much that I just take and apply it to a DPS class instead and so that's how Sunny B ended up being a warlock because a friend of mine laughed at me one time and he's like "Um, you have a like shadow wielding warlock warlock called sunny bee because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it doesn't really go I, I kind of like the the contrast of of what her name is and and who she really ended up being and she's a female female human i remember when i was looking at the at the faces wanting to pick one that looked looked kind of surprised because i imagined that she'd be a little shocked at the power that she could wield and i don't know just that she was able to summon these these dark monsters to help her do all this fighting and so i imagine that she'd have that kind of like oh wow look what i just did <laughs> yeah look on her face which wasn't an, an expression i had traditionally been attracted to or that some of my um older avatars had but i imagine that she would have that kind of like wow cool look so and she had she had the best hair i loved her hair it was it was really bright blonde with orange like under coloring so it was orange and red underneath oh interesting bright blonde on top and you know when they came out with um one of the expansions you could change like hair colors and things like that and i'm like why in the world would i want to change the hair color that's like the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> and this avatar and she was really pale skinned and she had like blue eyes and um yeah so that that's that's sunny bee and i ran i ran around with her for a long time very many years with Sunny Bee. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it, it, the very first avatar that I was able to build like that was in Mass Effect. And Mass Effect 3 was coming out, and it was a game that a friend of mine had played quite a bit and highly recommended. And I got to watching the trailers and things coming out about it, and I was like, you know, this is a game I think I would really enjoy. So I bought Mass Effect 3 and decided... I want to go back to 2. It was still a PS3 game, and I'm very much for continuity and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Right. I even looked for the original Mass Effect. but So I began a character in Mass Effect 2, a Femship, and of course all mine have tend to have red hair if I have the choice. And she was uh, very pale. The, everything that dictated her appearance is whatever image I've got in my mind for what that character is like at the moment. Mm-hmm. And the way that I saw Femme Shep at the moment is that she's a military gal, she's committed to the cause, and she's a very dedicated, by-the-book kind of leader. Mm-hmm. She 
understands the the intensity of the situation and how very much in trouble they are Mm -hmm. and so she runs everything by military i don't try to make any friendships and so all of that dictated how she looked mainly it she's got like pale lipstick light makeup and she's got a buzz cut Mm. well when i imported into mass effect 3 to me all that changes because and you're able to make changes when you import your character if you want to Mm -hmm. And the changes I made were very, very slight, but I figure, you know, okay, she accomplishes this big task in Mass Effect 2, but everybody blows it off and doesn't pay any attention to her. She's out of the military, and even though she stays very athletic, she takes a few more personal freedoms than she normally would. So she lets her hair grow, and she enjoys a whole lot more makeup. So when I import the character into Mass Effect 3. Her hair is longer, mm-hmm. still very short. Right. But she's got a, this, these bright plum lips, and she's got more makeup on. But besides that, she's still very much military, but she takes on a few more, not necessarily moral decisions, but she considers the entire context of the way things have been going <laughs> in that. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know... Playing the party line doesn't always work, but I'm going to go with what I know and weigh things a little bit every now and then and just realize that the people who have fought beside me are the ones I can trust. Right, right. Well, and from what I saw of your picture, looking at the picture that um, you have up on the site and that we're going to feature with this episode... She looks a, she looks a little bit more feminine, like you know she's just she, she still looks very military, but she mm-hmm. just takes a little step to be like slightly softer, and and I think that's a really nice a visual representation of the kind of evolution a person in her her shoes, like you said, would take. Yeah, you know where she could become more confident and more okay with who she is, especially since. Um, women who are in roles that are traditionally masculine tend to sort of go way far to the side of, you know, I need to look like a guy to fit in here. So I'm going to do this X, Y, and Z to make myself look like I, you know, I belong in the same setting. So it would be a, a nice sort of progression of how more, much more comfortable she would be with herself in the new, yeah. in the new world. So Again, because I'm visual, I tend to think visually she wants to make sure that people see her as an authority figure. Right. And so the buzz cut. Right. And in Mass Effect 3, every now and then I'll sit down to play and you can change the color of her uh, armor. Mm-hmm. And I'll change it to bright pink or bright purple because I'm sort of like pissed and I'm like, crap, you guys. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a girl, and <laughs> right. I'm gonna, I'm still gonna kick your ass. Right, exactly. Like, like it should matter. <laughs> yeah. So in the first one, I, when I, the way I was playing it, I was like, okay, you know, these colors are really great, but that's a ridiculous way to fight a battle because you're gonna right. stand out like a target. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's it, there's there's thinking behind it, and to me. That's fun, mm-hmm. right? Right, and and, and then, at the same time, I've got a I've got a mastery sense or a role playing sense where I want to get, soak every ounce out of right, that game. Right, right, and that's and that's the same sense that I've been having with Diablo three. That you know, I want to go through every time I'm on a new map. I want to go through every corner of it just in case there might be something or there might be yes some elites over here or you know who knows what you're going to run into. And I, I love that that sense of surprise that, that the game constantly holds, or at least at this point still holds. 
uh, when I can yeah. access the servers, of course. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's gotten to be where at our house anyway, because we do have some internet problems sometimes, it's hard to tell whether it's them or us. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of quit complaining about Blizzard. Yeah. Yeah. I still, yeah, you know, they, they have they have a lot of demand on them, so I can understand where the issues might be coming from. But every now and then I go to play and I'm like, oh, well, um, that was fun, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, have you got any other avatars you want to talk about? Uh, the only other one I thought about was the um, the Squire that I played in Dungeon Defenders. Okay, now that's a game I'm not familiar with at all. Right. Well, it's a it's a really fun game. I played on Steam, and it's um it's a, a combination of a little bit of every playstyle. So there are some tower defense where you build traps, and you're defending off um you know different types of um, orcs and different things that are coming out at you, um, including dragons that are you know flying at you as well. Um, so you have tower defense, you have first-person shooter where you can go in and you can kind of shoot and kill, you know, what's what's coming as well. And there's role play where you're picking up items and you have talent points that you're spending and things like that. So it really is, this, it's a fantastic mix of a little bit of everything. Yeah, and, it is. And it works really well. And it's adorable. And, <laughs> and I mean, literally adorable, because the story for, for the game is that the, the grown-ups went off to fight this war, and then um, the kids are left behind to take oh. over and fight. So all the avatars are little kids. And, um, and I had, and you can buy an expansion pack, which I, which I ended up getting after I you know, realized I really liked the game. Originally, you start off with four characters you can play, and one of the hunter is a female, and then everything else, the squire and the um, sorcerer, um, is it a monk? I can't remember what, I think it's a monk. Those are all male. And so I had picked a a squire to play, because like I had said earlier in the episode, I wanted to play a melee character, and so in a place where I felt like it was low low risk, and so I I had picked the squire, and I started playing the male squire, and then I got the expansion pack, and I, I rolled a female squire, and I didn't enjoy playing it as much. Because one of the adorable things about the male squire is that um, his armor doesn't really fit. So you can't actually see his face because his helmet is like over his entire face. Oh, see his little eyes. And he's got his, you know, his um, his top on. But he, you know, the bottoms are too big. so, So he's got little heart boxers that show underneath. Oh, that's uh, fantastic. And you're running behind him, and every time he jumps, you see the little heart boxers. And I could not give that up. Like, yeah. <laughs> he just looked so adorable. And so I had attached so much to that. And it's one of the only times I can actually say that playing a male avatar was something that I enjoyed and went back to because I, I, I tried to play the female. And I was just like, this isn't as much fun for me running around without, you know, seeing the little the little flash of the, the boxers when he's running around and jumping and chasing different things. So, yeah, that's interesting. I'm. Um, uh, I wonder sometimes whether or not that the maybe the character design or the character graphics could lend to a little bit more drag playing. Mm-hmm. Maybe if the the male characters were not designed just exclu- either exclusively for male players right. or just you know stereotypical male. But again, right. the 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 format of that game or the plot of that game lent itself to right. some quite a bit of whimsy exactly that's an interesting thought though yeah it it is it's you know they weren't they weren't hyper masculine uh, you know and if you wanted to um my friend julie actually played um sorcerer in that and one of the reasons why she liked playing the sorcerer was because the hat's too big 
And so um, you can't actually see the face of the character. So <laughs> in the cut scenes, it's, it's, it's a boy character. It's a male character. But in, when you're playing in the game, you really, you really can't tell gender at all from it. So she felt very comfortable sort of you know, jumping oh. in and playing that, that character um, because it didn't, it didn't have any sort of overt um, yeah. gendering going on. And I would say the same thing was somewhat true with the Squire as well in terms of it was, you know, it was a boy, you know, it was male, but you couldn't see the face, so you couldn't see a lot of sort of the the, the traditional cues that we have for, for identifying sex um, uh, aren't aren't there. And so, um, except the little boxers, I guess, yeah. <laughs> which could oh, have been worn that, by girls. That's a very well. smart design, it yeah. sounds like to me. Yeah. And the artwork, you like the artwork. Yeah, the artwork was, it was, it's, you know, it's sort of fantasy and brightly colored, but, you know, lots of good details and really fun gameplay. And, and you can play multiplayer. I think you can play up to four people, I think, in um, at least in the expansions that I had. You could play up to four people. And so you can go in and then, you, you know, different people have different strengths and different traps they can lay in, different types of traps. And it's just kind of this madness and fun, you know, run around and uh, great game. So... Oh, Highly recommended from from yeah. me. It was what I was playing before Diablo three came out. So, <laughs> oh okay. Well, I'm really excited about this gallery. And why don't you remind us again, since we're going to have uh, user participation, what the goal is behind having the gallery? So the goal for the gallery is to sort of extend and continue the discussions that we're having in the podcast. Uh, people talk a lot in, in a lot of great depth and detail about, about their avatars when they're on the show. And so we want to give a place to showcase the visual representations because gaming, video gaming is very much a visual medium. So I'd like us to have those visual representations and I'd like you guys to share you know short clips of, of your stories and descriptions of uh, the avatars that you're including for us and like I said you'll be able to see mine and Rhonda's um, uh, avatars up as well yeah those will be a great example so exactly. if you'd like to participate in the avatar gallery here's how you can do it first of all you can email your images and story to regina at gameongirl.com and the rules for participating are very basic. All of your images must be approved before they're posted. So please just don't even bother sending pictures of nudity or sexual poses or anything like that. They're just, they won't even be considered. Yeah, we won't even, we won't even look at them. They'll just be deleted. Yeah. <laughs> um, limit your background stories to about 100 words. Now, if you've got a blog or a website or something where you can write a longer story, then include a link to that story, and we'll put that in in its place so that you can have a, a longer story attached to your avatar. If not, limit to about 100 words and be careful about any personal information. Remember, this is being published on the internet, so be, be conscious of that. Yeah, be, and you're welcome it, to include like your Twitter handles or wh whatever, however you want to you know, be recognized. Exactly. Um, and you can submit up to two avatar images, two, two images, two stories if you'd like. Now, for those of you who understand this stuff, here are the image specs, and all of this information will be included on the website. We're going to put it, uh, a link in the right nav bar. There will be a blog post, so if you want to look it up. Um, the size of the image will be automatically cropped down to 200 by 200 pixels square, and this creates just a thumbnail that goes on the gallery. Uh, don't worry about that because the users can still click the thumbnail and go to your original uncropped image. But for the gallery, this is how it works. If you happen to have an image that's 400 pixels wide 
and 600 pixels tall, that 400 pixels wide will be shrunk down to 200. So the entire width will fit. But then the tall part will be shrunk as far as it can go, but then chopped off. Right. Okay. The edges of your pictures. The edges will be chopped mm-hmm. off. But again, the full image will be retained for a click through. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's no reason to create the images above 72 DPI because we're publishing on the web and the web can't publish more than 72 DPI. Any of the regular formats will work. JPEG, PNG, GIF, or PDF. And please try to keep your images between 1 and 5 meg, okay? And we appreciate it. We look forward to seeing those. Yeah, we, we're really excited at seeing what, what your avatars look like and um, hearing your stories about whatever gear they're wearing or whatever else you want to include in your short description. Definitely send those off to Regina at GameOnGirl.com. You've been listening to Game On Girl. I'm the co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. You can follow me on Twitter at RoRome. That's R-H-O-R-H-O-O-M. And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, or Doc Liz with two Zs. Game on Girls is available on iTunes and Stitcher Streaming. These links, along with the references made in the show, can be found on our website, GameOnGirl.com. And, of course, included in uh, the blog post for this episode will be uh, the images of mine and Rhonda's uh, avatar, so make sure to check those out. You can also leave comments and feedback through Twitter at game underscore on underscore girl or email us at regina at gameongirl.com. This podcast is recorded with Audacity and the theme song Good Day by Triple Fox is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Thanks for listening and until next time, game on.